0: Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror and media. And tonight, stack your bacon and just don't advertise your your place on Facebook. As we dive into Cordero by
1: Street Sex.
2: Hell yeah! That was a way better intro than I was trying <laughs> to do for the last three minutes. I couldn't think of anything. So thank you, Justine. Yeah, no problem. For helping help me out in my time of need, I appreciate that. And who are I you not- again? Oh, Mitch. I'm Mitch.
0: I'm Merk. I'm Justine.
1: And I'm Jonathan.
0: As oh. you could tell, we have been having a little bit of a rough start there. I think we <laughs> yeah, had to restart this intro like three or four times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know
2: what it is. I just, I had, I got nothing. I got nothing for this one and it was not okay.
0: Well, sometimes our mojo is just not popping. But that's you know, okay.
2: But you know, Justine showed up and she didn't just do it to help me, but she did it to help us, Aww. the podcast. Uh, it, it
0: was out of
3: love.
2: Out of love. Aww. So
3: Cordero, this is, well... I'll get into a little bit of backstory. So the pandemic happened and Ah. bands had to figure out how to get a little extra moolah because shows aren't a thing and merch isn't really selling. So you got a lot of creative outlets firing off from a lot of different artists. So this one is street sex. They're a Texas based noise, experimental industrial type band. I I was able to actually catch them live a couple times and they play a really good show. Um, They have two, albums both on the Flenser, which is based in san francisco uh their live shows consist of three smoke machines gallons of smoke and strobe lights that go to really high bpms to a point <laughs> where people have had seizures at their shows Oh my God. uh they've had the, the fire department called because the fire department thinks that the building is on fire because of the smoke <laughs> and um i witnessed this once at a venue called 1720 In Los Angeles, Uh, they opened up for horror as well as Three Teeth, two other industrial bands that are really good. Uh, They came out with a chainsaw mid-set without a chain and were just going for it. (laughs) And it was really awesome. And then I got to see an intimate setting at Title TK, uh, a fucking venue out here in El Cajon, right right down the street from here. Uh, This isn't El Cajon. We're nowhere near El Cajon. El Cajon Boulevard.
0: Oh, Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, El
3: Cajon Boulevard, just right down the street from here just a tiny ass room so much so that the singer was right next to me screaming. I couldn't see two feet in front of him and I was hallucinating from the strobe lights. Oh ah. <laughs> So these guys like they're, they're very creative in what they do. They, they make their music all through samples. So they make their own samples or they get it from the internet or from horror movies and they make music around it. And I kind of got onto the scene when they released their 2016 album end position on the Flenser and uh, it was a critically acclaimed album because of the experimentation in that. Um, I noticed that every time that I got a vinyl from them, that they would have snippets of a story or a piece of a story that the main singer slash uh, lyricist Leo. um, Shoot. I totally capped on the name. I have, I've had it this entire time. I got it.
2: Leo, the author, right? Uh,
3: Yes. It is Leo Ashline. Also the best D and D name ever. (laughs) <laughs> uh, honestly but yeah am, right it's really good as well as sean ringsmith but leo uh leo ashline he would always put these snippets in there and it was all creative writing kind of stuff i believe it's supposed to tell an overarching story between them because these were included in the gentrification uh, series which is a series of eps that they've been releasing for years as well as their two main full links so i always knew that there was a creative uh guys behind it so in this Cordero, it is a audiobook that is an hour long. It is available only on their Bandcamp for the low price of $10. So if you'd like to support them and check it out, go check out their Bandcamp where it's up right now. The piece is also accompanied with, um, I guess, music and atmosphere by the electronics person, uh, Sean Ringsmith. And mm-hmm. it adds a really big a element lot. to it.
0: I'm kind of sad cuz I only read the story. I didn't actually listen to it like you guys did. So I feel like I had a completely different experience of it. And I'm going to go back and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it spooked the hell out of John though. Oh, it spooked the hell out of all of us. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I
2: was I was definitely a uh... At work on my lunch, listening to this, and I jumped when he does the scream yeah. that Cordero makes at him while he's running. Ugh. He does the scream, and he, and it's just like so sudden. I just was like, okay, fuck! I was gonna relax, and now I cannot. So <laughs>
3: I was listening to in my in my car, and uh, shoot, dude, the maps came up and was like, turn left, and I was like, I jumped out of my seat, dude, <laughs> when happened, and uh, just the scream itself because uh, Leo does the the harsh vocals in the project, oh, so yeah. you know he could scream. Oh yeah. And and when it hits, he he does a good one.
0: I I remember I I just hopped out of the shower and Jonathan had been listening to it for a little bit. And I come out and he's like, "By the way, um there's there's a scream in this and it's it's unsettling." So right. just trigger warning. <laughs> if you guys get spooked by loud noises and you listen to the recording, expect loud noises. This uh this
3: story is pretty original, I'd say. It's it's a very modern kind of story. Because uh, we we're dealing with a person putting up their um, their listing for a place on Facebook as well as other outlets such as Craigslist.
0: Yeah. So was it that this guy owned like a house and he was renting out a room in the house or was it like an apartment?
3: It was more like a small house behind a house. Oh yeah. Like a a guest house. Yeah. Like a guest house.
2: Yeah. And he, he kind of describes himself as sort of just scraping by like he's just barely able to afford rent. So he figured, Hey, I'm going to take the burden off these bills and get someone in here. Why not? need a roommate. Let's do it. And the other people who'd lived there before were like, not very contributive to the house and they yeah. kind of i'm
0: sure we've all encountered yeah. roommates like this oh of
2: course i've probably been that roommate at one point or another
0: yeah <laughs> what kind of roommate were you the one that st- stacks bacon or the one that doesn't pay rent Ooh,
2: actually neither of those things oh. though i have been the one that cooked bacon
0: ah but
2: not really no I've, i'm kind of the guy that like i'll like take the play i Well, this was a bad habit of mine, but it would be like taking the plates into my room and eating in there while I'm watching or playing games or something. Yeah. And then they just start to accumulate. And I don't know how that happened. Maybe it's just my inability to assess my surroundings (laughs) and like do that. But I've gotten better, I swear. I swear (laughs) I've gotten better, right?
0: So if I go into your room right now, I'm not going to see any plates. Oh, fuck. Actually no. actually you know what? you will
2: there are probably a couple coffee cups around. Uh, but it's, start, it's gotten better. It always
0: starts with the one cup, right? It's gotten know. better though. It starts no, with the one I get cup it. though. See like before I had like my own place and I was staying like at my grandparents house. Uh, I I do the same. I was like always in my room. I'd eat in my room and like by midweek there's just a couple plates usually empty sometimes maybe like a pizza crust or two but yeah. that's besides the point that, i feel but, you but
3: like
2: sometimes like you get anxious though because you don't want to be seen by your other roommate yeah walking I got a out with mound. your horde of plates <laughs> and they're like oh that's where all the forks went
0: yeah oh that's where all the
2: plates were that's why we have half the plates that we're supposed to huh and then you're like you don't want that interaction so you wait till they're gone or and it's then you like do the- all the dishes <laughs>
0: Or it's the middle of the night and you're creeping down the yeah, stairs yep. with your handfuls. Of oh plates.
2: man! Oh, it's too real.
0: This is a
3: very like realistic take on it because he describes like if I could talk about ten of those people who were my roommates, about half of them were good because they didn't talk to me. The yeah. other half wanted to socialize in the like the media the commons area, and he hates that stuff. I I was trying to go through this review without saying the word nihilistic, so I'm gonna keep trying to do that. He the main character is like very secluded. Yeah. very like trying to keep to themselves they have their own things they care what the f- whatever the fuck you're doing
2: introverted
3: introverted yeah
0: Correct. although there was like one moment where he did go out to socialize and felt good but overall like he doesn't really seem to want to have people around especially not in his home because it doesn't seem like he has people over he goes to see people if he does
3: right and uh that's the thing he also worked from home yeah too which was like a very covid kind of thing
0: yeah he's very homebody
3: yeah um, and so he puts this listing up and he gets a, a text or a message on Facebook from someone in his message requests. Cause we all know in Facebook, if you're not friends with them, they go yeah. straight to there and uh, it says, I'll take the room. And that was it. And so they, he kind of invites this guy over and it doesn't seem off, but the guy looks at the room in two seconds and says, I'll take the room. Mm-hmm. And because he needed the rent that month, Proceeds to go in with this roommate, and his name is Cordero.
0: Cordero Ramirez, Could, I think.
3: Yep, Cordero Ramirez, and everything seems normal for the first week, and then it happens.
0: <laughs> it starts with the bacon. The bacon, right.
3: and and the thing is, this is this is why I think the uh, the narration and the sounds come into play because you can hear some cracks of, of like bacon popping. You can also hear like doors and other hinges as well so you could feel you feel like you're in the space with the main character
0: there's definitely a lot of like sensory addition into this story on top of like the amazing soundtrack and uh audio, audible recordings that go with this there's also like the imagery i feel like bacon is like something everybody knows everybody knows what cooking bacon smells like and like it's the smells in this story that i feel like are really prevalent the smell of bacon and later on the smell of rot and piss and Empty beer cans and cigarette smoke yeah. that stains the air.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is sort of a, uh, I guess, I guess you would say an, an example. Says I did not read it, and Justine was the, I think, the only one of us that actually sat down and just read the whole thing instead right. of listening to it. Um, I, I would say that that's pretty phenomenal that it was able to create those sensory details to you while you were reading it. Yeah, which is a very different. Like, so I'm very interested to hear a lot of your takes for this one since you actually read it. Instead of just listening, of course, but the listening itself is is its own special experience. It reminded yeah, me definitely. kind of like radio shows.
3: Oh, kind of Ooh. like um, that. You were you said his name last time.
2: Um, uh, there's like there's like um, like uh, I don't know what's the
3: Orson Welles. That's what yeah I was. Orson Welles. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, it was H. Yeah. G. HG Wells.
2: H. G. Wells. Wells. Yeah,
0: yes, HG, HG he did HG War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. That yeah, It's kind of like that sort of sort yeah. of thing.
3: Wasn't Orson Welles the guy that did the radio show for it though? No way. No, wait.
0: he was an author on his own. No.
3: Okay. So I'm trying to remember the. I'll bring up the author for, or the guy that did the radio show where people thought they were getting invaded. That's,
2: that's war of the worlds. Yeah. And but, it's HG Wells. Isn't I'm talking really about
3: the narrator it? for that. that was oh, the, the narrator for it. That's I, have no in, idea, I yeah. Actually, you they, know, they also use um, some scounds soundscapes as well in that. Um, but yeah, the entire premise is, is pretty, pretty realistic because you're getting, you know, a new roommate and just dealing with their weird shit that slowly creeps up. And they talk about this, like, you could see the cracks because they present themselves so cleanly at first.
0: And he even made note of that in the beginning when he was talking about his past roommates. It's how they always put their best foot forward when they first meet you. But then as they start to relax, you start to see more flaws in their personality and things that kind of turn you off.
3: Right. And even so, like wanting to kick them out or find a new roommate entirely. Yeah. Um.
2: I mean, filling up... My fridge with nothing but bacon and moving all my crap aside, the audacity.
1: Honestly. I was already angry, too. Right? I, exactly. Welcome back, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I had to uh, sneak away to the bathroom real yeah, quick. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> no, no, that, make, that makes absolute sense.
2: You know, drinking your water and whatnot?
1: Mm-mm. Um, so so I I read it and I listened to it. Um, it was funny because I I was listening to it and then the scream happened. I got spooked. I stopped listening to it, started reading it. And I was like, well, I have to listen to the rest of it. And then I, I listened to the rest of it and it's really good both ways. Like the, the writing is good. I liked the descriptive pieces that you would get when you, when you talk about the, the dude just being creepy, like staring through his window, like in the middle of the night is so unsettling. And then like him not being able to do anything about it really yeah as he's like running around the house the guy's like running around all day which is even weirder that, yeah that
3: was a part that freaked me out just yeah. non-stop
1: like isn't tired like so he obviously hunts people like this is his game so, so it like, makes that, me wonder yeah. like
0: is cordero even a human no Ooh. probably not i'm gonna
1: say no just because of the weird diet and just like unusual amount of exercise i was,
0: I was speculating werewolf
3: same. Was, I was
2: thinking I was
0: totally that thinking too. Thinking that also. And I thought that's where they were going to go with saying. this is that he's a werewolf. Cause when he's eating nothing but meat granted, he does cook the meat, which was a little like right. off of what typical werewolf diet would be. Not that I know what a werewolf diet is <sighs> anyways, that, and then running back and forth constantly. That, that part is like probably one of the
3: most unsettling things because he goes in at noon and he just sees Cordero and he, he he's like, Oh, he's just exercising. Okay. Yeah. He's running at the edge of the forest, which is, like, near the back of their, like, small, like, house. yeah. And so then he leaves and goes and gets drinks with his friends and looks out and sees them again.
1: Just nonstop sprinting.
3: Nonstop sprinting. And he said
0: he'd been running for, what, like, 10 hours straight? Yeah. And that, I think the, the
3: scariest part is the descriptor for it is uh, he goes, Cordero! what the fuck are you
1: doing? It's so loud <laughs> yeah. when that part happens, but it's also like, you can tell the mic's not quite in front of him. Yeah. So, but it's still a, a jarring moment. <laughs> Cordero. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. It's one of those and moments. Like that.
3: He, he describes Cordero as a very fit and smaller man, but very built. Yeah. And he was like, I it's you, really noticeably muscular. when people work out, you see them breathing. And the big descriptor here yeah. was that there was no breath, no, no like hunch of the shoulders up and down. Just, and then that scream. The creepy Ooh. old
1: lady with him is also very disturbing. Oh, Supposedly Slenderman esque with a smile that goes all the way up to like her gums because she had no teeth. So just a huge grin. I, I,
0: I remember like watching, I think it was like Ghost Hunters or something when I was really young. And this was before I really got into horror. And there's one ghost that, because they'll, they'll make like little images of what the ghost oh, right. might have looked like. And one was of basically like a big floating head that had very similar descriptions to this woman. So like hearing that description made my stomach churn. Like they said she had a head that was probably twice as big as like a normal Mm. head. And then everything was sagging so much that her face looked like impossibly long.
1: Yeah, they like threw some skin on her head is what it it looked like.
3: (laughs) You could see the creases.
0: It's almost as if her jaw is about to fall off. And her eyes were just black holes. Like they weren't even eyes, just sockets void darkness
3: another another thing that (coughs) is is scary is uh like the the hurt sound that he hears uh prior to Cordero even moving in
0: oh yeah he said it sounded like a hum coming through like a Walkman, kind of distorted like the tapes all fucked up and it comes right up to his door yeah
1: some great uh, audio production for these moments because there's actually differences in what you're hearing as the story progresses and so like as it gets later the tension really starts building as he's going to figure out what's in this house like where are they going why are they like why do they have addresses for all these people like there's just so much mystery to it
2: maybe Mer can shed light on what you call the creepy squeaks or what I call the creepy squeaks you know they're like a yeah like that, that, that. I don't know what you call that at all. I have no idea what. They're just they're, they're just sound effects. I guess they're but.
3: pad synthesizers. Ba- oh, I, I would, I, I would suspect. And just like you're playing those discordant chords and just raising up the tension with it. Yeah. Um. I know the thing that scares me the most is these guys are based out of Austin, Texas.
1: Oh, geez. so like
3: knowing that they live there and like they made a story, they probably know the streets that they like yeah, wrote in the story like as a well. legit place. <laughs> I mean, if you know anything about like rural Texas, they have tons of these houses that are just off in the back and on these off center roads. Yeah. And so it, it's a total, bel- a totally believable setting for the uh, story. And uh, after Cordero does a scream and runs into it, the forest, That's when things get, like, they take a turn. Things get a little weird. They get spooky. Yeah. It's like,
1: well, you get, like, you immediately get the impression, based on the stuff he finds in the house, that they're just straight up kidnapping people. Like, these people are gone. Because he goes and asks around for them. Like, hey, have you seen this person?
0: See, I thought it was going to turn into, it went from a werewolf story to a serial killer story. Right. Because he's collecting all of these mementos, and I assume also the photographs that he found of people that were really off-putting. So weird. Like, there was one in particular that kind of, like, made me unsettled. Is They said there was a photograph of a woman holding a small black pig, looking directly into the camera and crying with, like, her makeup running down her face. Yeah,
1: they had weird photos on the wall.
3: One thing that really spooks me is... um, the difference in body shapes in a lot of these horror things. Cause um we saw uh, what was that movie? It follows. Yeah how like it took the form of a fat naked man as yeah. well as a tall, slender, like figure. Yeah, that like, and comes so, in the door. The one that, that really scared me the most was the tall man on a tiny tricycle.
1: Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like going away from the person.
0: Yeah.
3: Um it should be noted that the uh, the cover for Cordero is also within this main house setting. Uh that art was made by AJ Garcia's Bomer. They do all the art for all their albums.
1: Oh that's Ooh. dope. I like that art uh the art for the cover a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's creepy. <laughs> it's if like they, an old well, derelict house. I wouldn't
3: say for all them, but for a good amount they did it for the last album, The Kicking Mule. So nice. they they like to, you know, up their aesthetic and I think it really fits their uh their projects.
1: Uh, it's definitely a lot different than what you might hear. Most, uh, audio don't really include too much music. Most fan made ones usually have a lot of music. Um, it's just like a choice they make whenever they're doing like professional audiobooks. They will have voice actors, like different people doing the voice acting, but that's probably about the limit. So to hear the, the full production, like all the way through, I don't think there was really a silent moment. I think the narration really helps too. Narration is really good. It's slower than I'd like, but it makes sense for the setting. For it being like a horror story,
2: yeah, absolutely. I I would agree with that as
3: well. The yep. the climax builds, and you just have this uh, immense amount of tension. Yeah. as he's going through the sep- the separate middle layers. portion
1: is really where the story gets going, especially when he's going down the hallway. And it's like these weird partitions of like garbage bags that he has to kind of set aside. And as he's going deeper, there's just trash like all over the ground. And then when he crawls and finds out like what they're doing in this little area, that's like the worst. I don't think anything could be worse besides the man grabbing him and you're like, Fuck,
0: (laughs) he's about to get caught. That was something too that was interesting about the space is the first time he comes upon it, it's a little like fresher looking. You know, things aren't as rotten. Also there's not the hole in the middle of the floor where the creatures are hiding. There's a whole truck. There's like Food laid out and beer cans and cigarette butts. There's a TV that's on. There's a sofa. And when he returns there again towards the end of the story... None of that's there. The place looks a little more overgrown. Things are a little more rotten and falling apart. There's no furniture, and there's this huge gaping hole yeah, in the middle of the this floor. This is what
1: really gave me the impression that it wasn't just like an ordinary kind of killer. Like there was some weird creatures yeah. that had inhabited this place. Because even at the end, they're saying that the, when they went back, the house was just burnt. Like there was nothing there. And it
0: had been burned down for about for 10 years. For a long years. time, yeah.
1: So it's like, did he like enter into some weird realm of where these creatures existed? And then, like, just to have the weird like sexual thing that's happening where the the like woman creature is just like on top of someone in a bag like in a garbage bag yeah. and she's just like grinding on them and the, and the dude is just laughing he's like laughing about what's going on and then he hears some commotion go on and then that's when he just fucking chases him down and he's like oh. you already know what he can do he can fucking run all day he's not gonna let him go what was also
0: interesting too is cordero had like a metal pole or something that he was just poking people yeah, just in the bags people. with which I always wondered, like, what was sort of, if there was any sort of symbolism behind him having this metal pole.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I I
3: can't personally say. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't really think of anything other than just how, like, maybe,
0: like, the devil poking at, like, yeah, people. Yeah, I was thinking that. Like, I wish <laughs> yeah. I knew more of the inspiration behind this story because I feel like there's some lore going on here. But, like, it's it's a short story, so you don't really have time to get all the details about what these things are. We just know there's some sort of dark creatures. Right. Yeah, the, it's... Oh, um, go ahead.
2: I, I would say that... Um, really, what the what this story is, where the horror of this story comes in, what really makes it fearful is is similar to what the quiet boy does as well. yeah, where it doesn't really explain why. yeah, it doesn't explain why it doesn't. And then even yeah, and even then amount. it Make extrapolates sure you- even further because at first, you could be like, maybe he's possessed by something. Maybe he's a werewolf. And then the other parties come into play the lady and then the other like the other guy and then like, yeah all there these must other have
0: cr- been like creatures. three different entities because yeah. you have cordero who's like their henchman basically yeah. you have the creepy old lady who i assume is the one in charge and then you have this disembodied voice yeah it's just that's humming true, huh? and following him around because the voice is separate from the other that's, yeah two. it did talk
3: to him in in the the, the first encounter in the house too like yeah. what are you doing and they use a like a computerized voice for Ooh, that. That was good. Yeah. That was
1: really good. Yeah. Also, interesting that you mentioned that there are the different entities for that. So I, I hadn't really considered that it was a separate thing. That it was something they might be projecting onto the area, but it could be something entirely you know, different. I
2: kind of like the idea of like a hag cult, but oh, like gee, a really yeah. weird one, like yeah. extra weird.
0: <laughs> what if Cordero is like some sort of shape-shifter. Or he's like a golem or something? Yeah. That I loves
1: that to eat bacon? <laughs> uh, what a weirdo, yeah. He needs to eat flesh really, to
0: sustain his body. That's why he eats so much meat. He <laughs>
1: really struck me as like a sort of like a reaper, kind of. Yeah. Like he'd be the one who collected all of these people for them. And then, yeah. you know, there was the, the, the old lady. And then maybe there was something that was like not – it didn't have a body. It was kind of just like always around. And so it was kind of monitoring what was going on. Mm-hmm. So
3: the cork board with the keys – that shit's unsettling to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that like he has been uh, moving around from place to place as a guy, like just coming into people's life to be their roommate and then slowly bringing them down to that house.
0: Oh yeah. Like yep. how our protagonist here was smart enough to take some evidence with him. Right. Cause yeah, you know, these keys all have the addresses on them. So he, he goes to one his of... own to check. Yeah. His own key was there too, of his address. And he, so he went to one of these addresses and asked about the person and I guess the person that lived there had been gone for a while, but uh, shortly before they went missing, they got a new roommate who, you know, he asked a neighbor and described pretty much what Cordero looks like. And the car he drives. And the car he drives, which is interesting that he drives a car
1: in yeah. the first place. Oh, man. Although
0: I think the neighbor also said that he'd never really saw the car leave the driveway. Yeah.
3: Just just running back and forth, waiting for yeah. him to get ready. Oh,
1: Jesus. Jeez.
3: Um, another thing that... Also, was unsettling was the uh, the picture of the the woman Tran, uh, oh yeah, finding the the Polaroid in the bush. Oh yeah, that's and right. Then- Later having to bring that evidence to police. I don't know how this guy didn't get incarcerated. Yeah, because they were like,
1: what yeah. the fuck? You did it. Like, <laughs> they're pretty, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they blamed him for stuff.
0: That was another thing uh, referring to our last episode where we talked about the quiet boy. Something that I was wondering too, because I feel like in this situation when a whole family gets murdered and there's a lot of uncertain circumstances around it, but this little kid is still here and hasn't told anyone. I don't know why they didn't first like suspect that maybe this little kid did it you know right and same thing with our protagonist in this story is the cops kind of just like believed his story and didn't seem to suspect him as a suspect
3: the, the thing is they they describe the area as like these bodies are like fresher but the dirt itself has not been moved
1: yeah which yeah. is interesting they so, they really changed up the area they were in it's
3: a very supernatural kind of occurrence um what's also pretty scary is the fact i mean not scary but he had to go through rigorous amounts of like interviews yeah probably like at least 10 days worth of just trying to explain to police that he is not the murderer (laughs) it's not me (laughs)
1: um i did like the idea that uh they may have moved on to a different area they're very much like this weird traveling carnival type shit where like they, they find an area and start hunting people and then when they start getting suspected they're gonna just go somewhere else, and no That's one has any answers.
0: I really liked your idea of it being like sort of a, another dimension sort of thing. Yeah,
1: I felt like they were coming in. So like, there's the what is it? Um, something evil. This way comes is like yeah. that. It, it touches on that idea that the carnival itself is like they exist only within that time period, and then uh-huh. they move to a different area, and people don't have any memories of it. So,
3: so could you possibly say that like maybe the Cordero house? is something that moves itself yeah i would think so um, i like baba Baba yaga
0: you know the baba yaga is a russian cryptid has like an (laughs) old woman that lives in a house that has like chicken legs what if it's something kind of like that (laughs) because she's been known to eat people and she's like an old hag or appears as such yeah i haven't really heard much about a baba yaga hunting with other sort of creatures but like it could be some sort of influence there could be
1: other weird cryptids that kind of got a different treatment yeah. On, on what you're seeing there
3: and even
0: so this this
3: character this main protagonist he moves far the fuck away from texas man he goes all the way <laughs> I to love New that. York.
1: work he's like all the way in the city he's like i'm never going back to and the he, like i'm never leaving the city i <laughs> never have another roommate <laughs>
3: the, the flavor like on top just i don't want a fucking apartment with a window seal because i don't want a chance of anyone coming through the fucking yeah, window dude.
1: i'd freak you out <laughs> made the right move i did appreciate him going and like prepping himself getting like tools after a having a couple shots of vodka, you know it's like one of those <laughs> uh, horror movie moments where like you see them just getting ready to like fight whatever it is, and he goes in, he's like, "Nope," and just like runs yeah, out. He's on, like, I'm like "Man, I didn't drink this. enough before I came Holy here." Holy shit! Yeah, I would have fucking ran away from that too. That's uh, especially with the dude who's like reaching out to be like, "Ah, save me!" And you're like, "Oh fuck!" There's people on the walls. <laughs> how many <laughs> people are buried in this on this uh, entryway that you're going into? You know,
3: and all those items probably are from victims. Most, yeah, exactly. So certainly. who knows how
1: long they've been there? I.
3: For an hour, I think it – or an hour or, like, a short read, I think it it presented itself very well. I think
1: it did well. My only critique is that I feel like it should have started later, so Mm -hmm. I didn't need the whole intro bit. Yeah, where it's kind of like a flashback. Yeah, especially because it's a short story already, so you should really just start in the shit. Like, you really should have started, like, first night of the scare, and, like, you didn't even have to go through the interview. You could just be like, I just interviewed this guy. I don't know about him. And then the first night something happens, and that would have been a great start because then you have more room for an ending because I feel like the ending just fell off and I was like and it's not because it's bad it's just because I want it more out of the story and the mystery of like who they were it would have been better I think for him to be like captured k- and k- like try to get away
2: kind of like a quick wrap up like they were yeah. like all right let's wrap this up yeah, now yeah, and yeah. let's yeah. get it finished Um, I I kind of I do like I like the build up though yeah the, oh man it's get, great you know, tension you know, in the middle yeah of absolutely it. but I, I even like the I even like the intro though I'm gonna have to disagree yeah. with you and I actually like him going through the, in- the interview <laughs> process because it makes it makes it makes Cordero seem more human. Oh, and gotcha. so it. Keeps up that illusion yeah. that he's creating that yeah. he's done to everyone else. Oh, so, I agree so. Also. so that's, so yeah. that's why I, I dig it. Becomes it. important later on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So it it returns back to the idea that's presented in the beginning as well. Oh.
0: I think also the intro sort of makes this tale a little bit more modern and also relatable because mm. he does mention a couple modern things like using Facebook Messenger. And, True. You know, everybody advertises for roommates online, and not everybody, but in most cases, if people don't know somebody already, they're probably advertising online and like it kind of puts yourself into the story you know because you can see yourself in this sort of situation i'm sure we've we've all had to go through trying to find roommates and having awful roommates right what if one of those roommates (laughs) was actually a uh, adversary (laughs) supernatural
3: entity i know
1: for real i did actually i was hoping that at the end uh someone would just show up anyway like right. he, he's like leaving his door to go get his mail or something, and they're in the hallway, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" It <laughs> was Cordero. Yeah, dun, 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 and no, he, he just like just runs it, down yeah, the hallway, was like, and you're you like
0: see oh, him running fuck. down the hallway down <laughs> the street. Or,
3: or, or you know, you could just say um, he gets a knock on the door, and he looks through the peephole and just sees a black figure with white yeah, eyes. Yeah, that'd
1: be good too. Something like that would have been great because it's like sort of inescapable. But uh, but uh, good for the character for getting away. I was like, yes, he's safe. Like his, like, I was rooting for him. So I, I, I was, we I was, were like, rooting for you. Rahia. We were
0: all rooting for
2: <laughs> you. Yeah, we well, were all like, yeah, I hate shitty roommates too, dude. You fucking get yours,
3: <laughs> homie. It's got it. Well, you know well, that's the thing. Like, I think one of the best things for a writer, even if they like have a somewhat rushed ending, that the reader or listener wants more.
1: Yeah. So it's definitely a good way to end it.
3: it. It makes me realize that Leo Ashline is a very creative. Uh, person that they could like get these stories fleshed out because I've just gotten snippets from these vinyls. And I've always been intrigued by that. Yeah, this is
1: pretty fleshed out. As far as backstory goes, there is a good amount of explanation for what's going on, but there's also a great amount of mystery left in it. Where you Like what we were doing just now, where we're speculating, like, where where do they come from? Like, why are they doing these sort of things? And this is what you want people to ask when you're looking at your stories because you're not giving them everything. You're not spoon-feeding everything to someone. And so in this case, it worked really well because we still want to know. Like the story ended, we're like, well, what else happened? Like, where do they go? Or do they move somewhere else? And so in that way, it works really well.
3: I, th- I really hope that uh, Street Sex makes
1: more of these. Yeah, this will be dope if they keep doing that. That audio production was so good.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're known for their music, but they, they put this up on their Bandcamp for $10. I'm going to advertise it again because it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, just during the pandemic. And uh, I have always wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And so I thought it would be a perfect time because we're doing our literature episode. Yeah. And it just makes me want more from them. So I think that's always a good thing after
0: you come out of something like that. Yep. Definitely. What would you guys rate this? Mm. So I only read this story. I didn't actually listen to it. And from a reading standpoint, like I thought it was really interesting. I'm probably going to give it like about a seven. My reasoning is... Typically when I read things, I'm like really into illustrative writing, and I feel like this story did have some really good illustrative moments as I was mentioning before about like the sensory feelings you get from reading this. Overall, like the writing is pretty like direct and straightforward, although it's peppered with these moments of descriptive sensory, like the smells, the sights, the sounds that you'll get. But I do feel like there were some por- some parts that could have been further developed. Especially the ending and some little in-between moments. I just wanted a little bit more from it. But that doesn't mean I don't think the story is fantastic. And I think if I had listened to it as well, my rating would be a lot higher. Because from what I'm hearing, this recording must have been really dope.
2: And it was. <laughs> it was quite dope indeed. Um, I- <laughs> oh, yes. Um, <laughs> the, I, I would say that uh, after listening to it and then knowing that it's also like, like a noise band It's very cool to see them kind of stepping outside of their boundaries. And that's why I think that the story itself, I would firmly put it at a seven, but it bumps up to an eight for me just because they're stepping outside their boundaries and they're using their musical talents to create something totally different than what they typically do. And I really, I I really admire them for that and for them to be find something creative to put out there to support their project um, in a time when it's very difficult to do that yeah when it was very difficult
0: props to them for branching out
2: absolutely yeah absolutely like very and 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 the actual literative piece itself is very good yeah and, and its
0: super interesting to read
2: and yeah and the uh, the sounds and everything just make it that much more intense and horrifying and they they definitely hit the mark with what they were trying to do for sure
3: I'm gonna give this a nine because those are my boys <laughs> uh, Yeah. I started my project because i I really like them. Hell yeah! So they're You're big, talking about gunshot wound. Gunshot wound. Yeah, they're they're a very big inspiration. They're just like one of those bands that made me want to make that style of music. So, uh, hearing them go from uh, their first album to all these EPs and splits uh, to just like Mitch said, making a horror production audiobook. book, um, it made me realize that all the snippets and that I've been reading were going to accumulate to something, and that something was fantastic. Yeah. And so I want to see more from that. The story itself, though, I think it's it's perfect example of like building tension. My hair was up a lot. Um, listening to this in the car. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And then I told I was telling later uh, before, but when my maps go turn left here, I fucking jumped. Oh, (laughs) yeah, the
1: sound scared you. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. So uh, it's a very good uh, audio like sequence and. For them, I give them an 8.
1: I'm going to give it an 8 or an 8.5 and offer uh, some positive criticism. I think the story is really good in the middle. Like, Do not touch the middle because the tension that's growing when he is traveling through the tunnel, he's figuring out who they are and what they're doing is fantastic. I think it needs to be sharpened. I think the the story needs to be edited once or twice over. Cut out things that you really don't need in it, and you'll start getting moments that are going to all connect together because the story structure kind of broke for me a little bit as I was going through it and they didn't connect well, but that middle section had me, it was gripping. You're watching it or you're listening to it and you, it felt like I know I knew what was going on because it's descriptive and you had the soundscape to go along with it. So it was really impressive as far as like an audio production point of view. And then the story itself goes well with it. So it needs, it needs to just be sharpened a little bit. And I think it'll be a really good piece once it's done.
2: Uh, I do have a question before we wrap things up. Uh, uh Murr, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the vocalist that's that's reading it, right? Yeah. Correct. All right, so he has a great voice. Yeah, for this. what a great a- narration a great voice. Great yeah. narration voice. Absolutely, so... Bro, keep up what you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely keep doing narration. Yeah, no flops, got the voice man. For it. I'll, I'll also guess. that no mistakes, none that I could find in the in the recording, and it seemed to me that, <laughs> that it was we heard a single Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it seemed like it was a single piece of recording, which is great editing. You didn't you could not tell where he cut it if he had to. So I think you know, it helps to have the music, I think, in the background, but it, it worked really well, I think. So high rating.
3: Hell yeah. Well I think that's pretty much all we got for that street sex cordero ten dollars on their band camp check it out check them out also check out their music i highly recommend their first album end position and the entire gentrification series <laughs> it is a series of eps that all talk about different subjects nice. very sweet i'm gonna walk us out grab your coats everybody <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> Wait, I left my keys in the bathroom. Oh, Give me a second. Shit. Grab the pit vipers, babe. <laughs> uh, bring uh, bring all the cats. Bring the cats. Yeah, they have to go with us, too. The cats. Get, get right. the
2: cat smoking jackets. <laughs> smoking <laughs> jackets. For the cats. Get the <laughs>
0: little helmets. Yeah,
2: little helmets,
3: too. Yeah. yeah, Little swords.
0: All right, we're all ready.
3: Yeah. All right. We are bringing you down the grindhouse, a podcast to discuss horror in media. Make sure to check out our Patreon, where you can donate $2 a month to get a horror... Piece of media recommended to us. We will take it into consideration making our episodes. Also check us out on our social medias. We have the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams. Yes. Also check out our merch. Merch. We have a teaspring. We have T shirts as well as hats. We Wanna put some new designs up there. So I'd like to thank everyone for coming out.
0: They didn't go anywhere though. They're in their homes. They're talking Sh- to us. So we Talk to all oh, you're talking about us? Well, I didn't go we anywhere. Went, I'm at home. Man. You're in my house, right? Yeah, you're in my house. We went anything, the whole You guys came out. You that shit?
1: We kept the podcast going. We, yeah, we kept going throughout quarantine. We quarantine. We 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 did a few episodes, you know, like over Skype and Zoom, and then we were like, all right, you know, we're back. <laughs> Let's uh-huh. figure it out. We will get to keep doing episodes, like in. We did, our, did our interview over. Uh, over yeah. Thing. That was cool. That was yeah, cool. That was cool. Didn't get, that, get that. done. Now we're, we're like over good. two years now Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for
3: your for all your support love you
2: guys Yeah, absolutely and uh i'm mitch i'm mer i'm justine and i'm jonathan
1: thank you <laughs>